You're listening to an amazing podcast from an amazing podcast company. Hello, Youngstown Mob Associates. Johnny Ciccatelli here with James Naples III, my partner in true crime, for another edition of Youngstown Mob Talk. Uh, thank you, everybody who's watching us and, and subscribing on YouTube. If you're not watching this on YouTube, if you're listening uh, on an audio-only platform or somewhere else, um, check out with video Youngstown Mob Talk and our other podcasts and all of our other content. We have hours of content on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash amazing podcast company. So thank you for all your support. And, you know, again, we're everywhere you can find podcasts. We are now available. Yeah, streaming now, baby. So check those out. Check out the Vice Squad podcast, uh, which is like a companion show that we do as well. And, you know, thank you to all of our listeners, all of our viewers, and all of our sponsors. We wouldn't be able to do this show without the support of our sponsors. Big shout out to Youngstown Tile and Terrazzo for spectacular flooring. Go bold, go local, go Youngstown Tile. Um, of course... We've got Youngstown Clothing Company. Yeah, you got the uh, Amel Denzio shirt on today. We're going to be talking about Amel today. That's uh, right. So they can go go to Youngstown Clothing Company uh, in the Southern Park Mall, and you can get one of these nice Amel Denzio shirts. We got uh, the other shirt you've worn on a couple of our episodes to beam me up with the traffic in air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get that shirt there. Uh, you know, Youngstown Clothing, uh, one of our new sponsors, we thank them for sponsoring us. Um, and like I said, you can check them out at the Southern Park Mall, or you can go online to youngstownclothingcompany.com, and you can order your shirts right there. It's a great way for people that maybe, you know, grew up in the Valley that don't live here anymore. They can get some cool Youngstown clothing. Yeah, you know, definitely stocking stuffers and uh, Christmas time. These are great gifts for everybody. And, you know, we can't, we can't forget Pro Team Auto Sales. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are looking for a ride, go, you know, shop in Youngstown. Go down to South Avenue, Pro Team Auto Sales. Uh, Jeff and the guys there, they'll treat you like family. And, you know, they're really great guys. They've been a big supporters of us. So, yeah. again, support our sponsors because they support us. And, uh, you know, if they, if they if you can find them on social media, throw them a like. And if, you know, in Pro Team Auto sales case, yeah. head down to their, uh, their lot and see what they got there on South Avenue. So thank you very much to our sponsors. Yeah. So, Johnny, let's talk about uh, Emil Denzio. The, the, the man on the shirt, right? Yeah. The, the master burglar himself. We have a big show coming up. Our next Youngstown Mob Talk live show. We're going back to the Robbins Theater in Warren, Ohio. Uh, February 9th, we've got a master class with a master burglar, Emil Denzio. If you don't know, Emil's from right here in the Mahoning Valley. He and his brother and some other associates uh, pulled off uh, gosh, one of the biggest heists ever. Yeah. The Laguna Nigel uh, bank robbery. You know, they, they they were robbing Richard Nixon's, you know, private, his private, private stash. stash. Yeah. <laughs> so they, that was one of the most uh, infamous, you know, bank heists in American history. Um, right here, guys from the Mahoning Valley pulled that off. He also um, served some time for... A big bank job that he did in Lordstown. Yeah, and he did that. What was that? That was not too long right after Laguna Nagel. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Emil's got a very, very storied uh, um, a burglary career. And he's written a book, actually, called Inside the Vault. So you want to check that book out. It's, it's available now, guys. Get it, Inside the Vault. 
Uh, wherever you get books, you'll be able to find that. And really looking forward to our show yeah. with Emil. He's, he's going to give some insight that you're not going to get anywhere else. You yeah. know, this is this is stuff that they make Hollywood movies out of. And, you know, we're getting a, a firsthand account, a, yeah. a master class. Plus, there's a big Q&A there with the crowd. So maybe you have any questions you want to ask Emil. Hey, now's your chance. When, when else are you going to get a chance like that? I know. You know, maybe somebody at home's got a safe that they had and they forgot the combination can't get into. Uh, Abel can help help you out and tell you how to get into it. Oh, we're going to learn how to bust into those safes. You better believe it. Uh, it's, you know, a master class with a master burglar. Check it out. Tickets are available now. Robinstheater.com. You know, it's February 9th. That's Super Bowl weekend. It's, uh, you know, Friday night. It's going yep. to be a great show for us. We really hope you come out. And, again, talking about Christmas presents, get Get the, the, the mob associate in your life. Give, get the Youngstown mob associate enthusiast some tickets to these shows. Yeah. You know, I know everybody's missed out. You know, uh, we heard a lot from people who didn't get to come to our Cav Bomb show right. in November. Man, that was a show. Oh. That was a, 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 something I'm, I'm the most proud of of anything I've ever done, including that Crooked City podcast, including the Youngstown Still Standing documentary. That Cav Bomb show was... That was once in a lifetime. It really was. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a good chance, you know, we, you probably won't get all of us up on stage ever again. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and just the depths and, the, and and everything that we talked about at that show. It's just, I still get chills just thinking about it. So that was for the Cavalero bombing over 60 years later, the first time uh, Charlie Jr. has ever shared the story of surviving that horrific bombing. Yeah. We, we get to the conclusions, the FBI investigations, everything about that case, you know, we, we finally closed that chapter, I think, on, uh, you know, Youngstown's Darkest Day. So that show, we filmed it. So if you're not there, if you weren't there that night, if you live out of state and you just weren't able to catch it for whatever reason, it will be available Christmas time, uh, 2023, yep. for uh, pay-per-view, for downloads. You'll be able to watch it wherever you, uh, wherever you can. So stay tuned for that. Those will have links for that. We'll be sharing that. Across all our social media platforms, it'll be in the Youngstown Mob Facebook group, the Amazing Podcast Company social media. Check all those things out to stay tuned because you'll want to check out that Cav Bomb show. You will not want to miss it. But again, get your tickets for the master class with yeah. the master burglar, Emil Dinzio, before those tickets go. You're going to want to get good good tickets to that show. Um, it's going to be an amazing night. I don't know if we're going to film that one. I don't, you know, I don't know if we are. I don't think we are. So get your tickets because that'll be one of those once in a lifetime personal events that we do. Absolutely, and you know, our last show at Robbins Theater, we sold that out. Uh, we're going to sell this one out again. You know, this Absolutely. is, uh, you know, Amel's Amel's a great guy. He's going to come and he's going to you know give you some insights that you've never heard before. Um, you're going to hear it firsthand from the guy that did it. He was you inside know. the vault, guys. Yeah, you know, one of one of the premier uh, bank burglars of his time, if not the premier one. Uh, you know, and he's 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 done a lot of these jobs. You know, yeah. And you know, you maybe you if you listen to Crooked City, uh, Youngstown, the podcast, and you heard Emil talking about his associations and his things with with um, the, that Laguna Nigel heist in particular. You know, you saw you got to to listen firsthand how engaging he is, how engaging these stories are. Yeah. Um, this is real stuff. This is real history. Again, we just continue to to dive into 
and uh, explore this this true crime mob history of the Mahoning Valley. And it's so rich, so deep. It's it, just you know, it's it's like it's never ending. Yeah. You know, we we jump into these things and it's like rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit <laughs> hole. But you know, the stories are just they're exciting. They're yeah. amazing. Um, you know, you think they're that, true. They're all locally true. That's, yeah, that's the great part. And, and you think that you think we lived in like New York City or Chicago or something yeah. with with yeah. the volume of of information, the volume of stories, the volume of heists, the volume of just organized crime in general in this area. Yeah. It's you know, it's amazing. It really is for that's really, for a town like this. That's really why we set out to do this. You know, um, for me, it's a twenty year uh, research of research, twenty years worth. When I started off, I remember being in film school, uh, 18, 19 years old, and I started, I wanted to do a documentary about Youngstown. That's where I started researching the organized crime. And one of the first stories I came across was a six-part newspaper article from the Orange County Register in California. And it was a 25th anniversary kind of thing about... um, 20th or 25th, I can't remember, about the Laguna Nigel bank heist, yeah. which at the time was the largest bank heist ever in American history. And it was a couple of guys from Youngstown, from the Mahoning Valley, that did this. And I thought, wow, this is insane. So I read this story, and it was by an author named Keith Sharon, and I was captivated. They were there to rob Richard Nixon yeah. and steal his his illegal uh, campaign contributions. And the backstory on that, though, is... They were they were hired by guys in Cleveland, right? Tipped and the, off, yeah. And the guys in Cleveland were tipped off by none other than Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Right? yeah. So eventually the tip comes through Butchie Sisterino to Emil, and then he sets the crew and they go out to, to get him. Yeah, and that was all predicated off of information from Jimmy Hoffa. That's right. Right? Jimmy Hoffa, he was, uh, you know, the former Teamsters union leader who was uh, sent to prison he allegedly made some uh, um, contributions to Nixon's campaign, a few million dollars, mm-hmm. which was really just a payoff so that he would get a pardon, a presidential pardon. And, of course, we know that he did get that pardon. Yeah. But Nixon put in a caveat that said he couldn't have his job back as the head of the union. So uh, Hoffa wanted his money back. Right. So that's what he does. He, he tips off the Cleveland mob. Uh, goes through Butchie Sisterino down to Emil Denzio, and Emil puts his crew together, and then they head out to Laguna Niguel, and they pull off, at that point, one of the biggest bank heists, if not the biggest bank heist in American history. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. You know, and then they and then they come back right after that, and they pull off a, a almost identical bank job here in Lordstown, Ohio. Yeah, that he was also, that he was later convicted for. So, you know, both of those crimes. Uh, and then, of course... We go back to that Hollywood story, right? And you've got Keith Sharon, this author of this this article in the OC Register about this bank heist that at this point, you know, I'd never really even heard about. So I make my way out to California. I'm like 20 years old, and I'm there to try to get the rights to this script, this story. So I take this newspaper article, this newspaper writer out to eat, spend my only, you know, 50 bucks on this dinner. And I said, well, what I'd like to do is option the rights to your article, turn it into a screenplay. Well, he reaches out into his bag, pulls out a screenplay, puts it down right on the desk, right on the dinner table, and says, 
I already wrote the script. He said, I actually sold it to Sony, but the rights elapsed on it. It went a few years and the rights elapsed and I've got the rights back to it. Well, I take a look at this script and it's called Hail to the Thief. It's the first thing I noticed was the title. I thought that's not a bad title, Hail to the Thief. It's, right. it's kind of you know catchy for this, this story. And I read the first couple pages and it was a good start. It was, it was a captivating story right off the beginning. Um, but he ends up telling me how it was never made. Sony bought the rights to the script and then they said, well, we want to make a few changes. Because they wanted to save money on the budget, they wanted to make it present day instead of 1970s. So instead of President Nixon's money, it's President Smith's money. Um, instead of Youngstown, Ohio, they wanted him to change it to New Orleans, Louisiana, because they had tax credits if they shot the movie in Louisiana. So he made these changes, and it really took the life and the authenticity out of the project. Right. And uh, he even says himself, you know, it really just it took the, the spirit out of the movie. Well, they end up passing on it. They didn't make the movie, and he got the rights back to it. Well, lo and behold, I'm a big movie guy, right? I thought, well, there is something familiar about this story. And I found out that right after this period here, Sony actually made a movie called The Bank Job with Jason Statham. Now, if you go watch this movie, you'll be able to tell that they ripped off. They basically took the whole plot of his movie. They and did. So what, made it into something else. What they did was instead of, the, instead of Laguna Niguel, California, they, they made it London, England. And instead of Nixon's safety deposit box that they're trying to rob, it was actually, uh, the, in this movie, they made it a royal family member's safety deposit box. Instead of millions of dollars, it was compromising photos or whatever. So they took the plot and they made it very, very similar. So if you watch The Bank Job, you'll be able to, you'll be able to see the, the similarities and where they ripped off the, the Dinzio Laguna Niguel crew. But eventually, you know, the I didn't have the rights to make or enough money to get the rights to, to the story at that point through right. Keith and his script. Uh, I brought it to some associates in California that I know, Ray Mancini and other people. And just I was never able to get the money as a young kid to make that movie. Right. But I followed along and I and every every few years I would check in with Keith and see who had the rights and if anybody was doing anything with it. And somebody was always trying to turn it into a movie for years. And eventually, they made a movie just a few years ago, maybe 2017, around that time. Uh, a movie came out of straight to, you know, video or straight to streaming or whatever. Right. It's kind of hard to find, actually. It's called Finding Steve McQueen, which, let's be honest, a terrible, absolutely terrible title. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. For, the, for this movie especially... Um, I hate to knock, you know, knock other filmmakers and stuff, but whoever came up with this title, they were so far off the mark here. Finding Steve McQueen, what does that sound like to you? I'm thinking something that has to do with maybe the movie Bullet or, you know, something along those lines, one of his, you know, one of his movies or So the logic of this title, I'm told here, is that the movie itself is told through Amel's nephew's point of view. Okay. Harry Barber who was like a getaway driver. He was a driver. He idolized Steve McQueen, the movie Bullet and all those things. 
so they were trying to find a good driver like that. They were trying to find the next Steve McQueen. Right. That's apparently where the title comes from. That's pretty. That's stretching it, boy. Such a misleading, yeah. bad title that you just it, it, already. It's a terrible start. Well, you you would never think it was like a bank heist or a heist movie or anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, with that kind of a title, you would think it's more like a maybe like a movie about driving. Or, yeah. You know. Now it's got a good cast, right? William right. Fickner, uh, a lot of recognizable guys from TV. Yeah. Uh, Fickner plays Emil Dinzio, character based on Emil. Yeah. Uh, in the movie, I believe his name is Enzo Ritelli. Right? So the movie is based on his nephew's point of view, um, who was not inside the vault. He was not inside the planning and the ro- you know the whole staging of this he thing. He was the one that stayed in the hotel. Yeah, uh, he was like, like a, a getaway. Like he was a, a lookout. lookout. Yeah. So this was very much uh, you know not the right point of view to tell this story. Um, it's a shame that Amel's story has never been told through his point of view. Yeah. To this point, you know, the only true account from his point of view is Inside the Vault, his book, until we do our show February 9th. Yeah. Master class with a master burglar at the Robbins Theater. But, you know, going back to Finding Steve McQueen, the the acting was okay. The casting was, you know, it was, the cast was decent. But the overall execution of that movie, very poor. Yeah. Very poor. Um, and, and just kind of laughable. And it's a, it's a shame because such a great story. Well, I asked Emil what his thoughts were about this movie. And he kind of laughed and, you know, didn't really watch the movie. He said he never really gave it the time of day. Right. I said, wow, man, if they made, if Hollywood made a movie about me, you I'd, know. I'd, I'd at least want to watch it. I'd watch it, check say, it out. Say, hey, did they do me justice or, you know. So, you know, again, get your tickets now uh, for the show coming up on February 9th. We've got something really special here to play you out. Um, involving Emil. Uh, before we get to that, again, we want to tell you about our Mob Tour app is coming up soon. Uh, we put so much work into it for like 10 months yeah. uh, putting this together. You know, you guys don't understand what goes into building an app, right, from scratch. And uh, the end result is very cool. We have right now about 150 locations from Youngstown, the Mahoning Valley for this Youngstown Mob Tour app. How many did you start with? Hundreds, 300 or more. And it was so much that it would kind of bog the the mechanisms down, the app down. Right. And we didn't want that. We want a smooth process for our users. So we said we better limit it to about maybe 150 spots. And we got pictures in there, descriptions of these places. But the coolest feature is you'll be able to go to the bottom and click on Map It, wherever you're looking for, whether it's a mobster's home um, you know, an old casino, a hangout, um, some place where they were killed. You can click map it, and it will take you through your own phone's navigation system on a turn-by-turn directions to get to that spot. So you'll be able to take your own Youngstown Mob Tour just with the phone in your hand. Awesome. I cannot wait. You know, when this goes live, I think, I, I think I'm going to do a live video uh, and invite some of our mob associates from the Youngstown Mob Group. If you're not a member of the Youngstown Mob Group, you better get a, become a member, get invited, have somebody invite you, find, you know, ask to join, we'll get you in there. Um, but, you know, take a group of our, our supporters with me and we'll film it and we'll hit a bunch of these spots and yeah. just kind of do a nice beta test for it and check it out. And yeah, uh, Because they can find everything we do on there, right? Yeah, uh, not only will there be the mob spots themselves, uh, things about where you can get tickets to our shows, 
links to our YouTube, links to our uh, download our, our audio-only podcasts, links to everything, all there in the palm of your hand uh, in this Youngstown Mob Tour app. So as soon as we get that up, hoping Christmas time, New Year's, it's coming up real quick here, so we'll see. Um, but again, stay posted on that. Keep you know keep in tune with that because we cannot wait uh, to share that with you. It's been it's been a lot of work, and we cannot wait to to get that out for you guys. I'm gonna tease them with something. So we had a meeting the other day. We're working on something big, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. It's uh it's all one one step into another into another. I wish we could tell you already what it is. Every, I feel like everything we do is bigger than the, than the last thing, and bigger and bigger and bigger. So hey, we're taking steps and moving on up, you know. Yeah, almost like the Jeffersons. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> moving on up. Right. So we've got a lot coming out. Our 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 app will be the best way to follow along with that. You know, our Cav Bomb show, the pay per views coming out here this December yep. uh, or this uh, Christmas time. So if you if you miss the show, you'll be able to check that out uh, again February 9th with Emil Denzio, our next live show. It's so much. We got so much work in, guys. Uh, it's a great time to be a Youngstown Mob Associate, though. If you're an enthusiast in this kind of stuff, um, you know we've we've been continuing our investigation uh, into some unsolved murders and some other murders from this area. Um, of course, follow along. We've been we've been really going down this rabbit hole of who was Bobby Parks? Yeah. Um, this hired mob associated killer from Youngstown. Did he really kill? The Marsh family in Canfield. We have uncovered new evidence. Check out our, our previous episodes on this stuff, guys, and future episodes coming up. I'm actually going to the prison down in Marion, Ohio, the Correctional Center, and having a one-on-one with the man convicted of those Marsh killings, James Ferrara. So that's an exclusive one-on-one from prison. Um, we're going to bring that to our mob associates as well. So we got so much coming up. So out. much exciting stuff. You know, and, and people don't just have to be a mob fan of Youngstown's Mafia, right? Any mafia. I mean, if you're a mafia fan in general. Aficionado. You know. And, historian. Yeah, you're going to love what we've got coming and everything we've already done. You know, so. Hours of content on our YouTube. Check it out. Again, you can find the podcast anywhere you download podcasts. Yep. Audio, video now on, on YouTube. Um, the Facebook group, Youngstown Mob, 31,000 members in a private group on Facebook. We share so much information on there. Yep. Uh, we also have social media accounts uh, everywhere else. Amazing podcast company. Yep. Follow along and check it out. It's, it's so much. Yeah. And if you got questions, comments, you want to send us stuff, don't uh, check out the email address listed below, steelvalleysyndicate at gmail.com. Reach out to us there. Um, you know, with whatever you got. And uh, we look forward to hearing from from everybody out there. All right. So that'll do it for uh, Johnny Ciccatelli, James Naples. Uh, That's been another edition of Youngstown Mob Talk. Now, before we go, special treat for you, though. Emil Denzio's reactions to watching uh, Hollywood tell his own life story, his own story uh, in a movie called Finding Steve McQueen. So check out some of Emil's reactions and see you next time. Ciao. There was no hot tub here. There was a golf course out the back and you had to walk down along the golf course to get down to where the bank was. The road up on top, we could drive up there and look down at the roof of the bank to see if it was disturbed or anything. And I would, I would go and I'd sit in the parking lot 
watch people going in and out of the bank. And the tools were put on top of the bank on Thursday night. So all day Friday, the only thing that wasn't put on top of the bank was the explosives. The tools, all the bags of dirt and everything were already on top of the bank. We had all that done on Thursday night. So Friday night when they closed, we blast our way through because we knew we needed, you know, some days. This wasn't our first bank we did. We did other bank vaults. So we knew how long it took just to get in safety deposit boxes. They opened, bam, 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 opened them like nothing. One smack, bam, 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 down the line. Open 25 or Thursday, then go back, dump the stuff out on the floor, on a table, had a little table there. Run through it real quick because you got so much stuff. Silver in them days wasn't worth hardly nothing. So some of them had big bars of silver. Thick, three, two or three pounds. Just down on the floor with the silver. If I had it today, I'd have sold it. But it was too heavy to carry out of there. When you do a bank job like this here and you're in them safety boxes, you find everything you can believe in. You won't believe it. But you have to pass that stuff and throw it on the floor. You're looking for gold, diamonds, good stuff. The stocks and bonds I should have never took. But people said they could, you know, sell them for a percentage. That's all bullshit talk. You didn't get very much for them if you sold them. We sold a few. And look what happened in New Orleans. They showed right up. For those, Pat Friusher, the big mob guy in Canton, Ohio, he had to stole them off of us because they were government. And the guy in New Orleans, at the Holiday Inn, that's where I knew him, he's the guy that put them up for security for money. So that's how the heat became on those security bonds. It wasn't that good FBI, nothing. Because yeah. FBI agents, they're, they're, they're really not good investigators. FBI agents, to me, I'd fire them all if they work for me. They're, they're just taking taxpayers' money for nothing. If somebody don't tell the FBI something, they're dumb as rocks. So what do you think of, his, of, of the movie's portrayal of, of this FBI guy? The movie portrayal right here of, the, of this guy here, Mr. Chamberlain, he's probably doing a pretty good job. Mr. Chamberlain is dumber. And I, I'm just telling you the truth. This guy here, the way the movie's producing it, you know, it's crazy. But like I said, the FBI does what they want to do. Now this scene here never happened. This scene here never happened. Never happened. What scene is it? So you, so the folks know. Huh? Explain for somebody watching your video right now. What scene never happened? What, yeah, there, there was never a scene where the cops pulled in the back. You follow me? Never. In fact, you couldn't pull in the back like that. There's dumpsters and stuff. That's they come down the alley. There's dumpsters back there, and you know, that's where Christopher was in the back. There was never a call came to us in the bank about anybody pulling in the back. Did they get? Did they get the clothes right? Did they get? 
you what you're wearing here. We always wore masks. You'd never see that. Because you never know if they're hidden cameras in there or what. You would never see. We would we would sweat. Back in them days, if they took DNA, they'd have probably caught us from sweat. This scene, I would have never talked like that, like I told you earlier, never. So they made it they made it out where the Enzo character, the Emil character has a grudge against Nixon is really what they made this movie about, yeah. right? Well, that's not true. So you didn't really have a grudge against no, Nixon. I liked him. I say so in my book. I like Nixon. I like crooks. He was a good crook for what he was doing. But they were all crooks up there. <laughs> I like Nixon. I would have never tore Nixon down like that. He was a crook like me. I like it. <laughs> Money... They're showing money going into a boat. This never happened. The boat was never there like that. Never. Never even close. That was a boat James bought in California. There was no money ever in a boat. Nothing from that score was ever in a boat. I don't know why they came up with that thing. And Harry knew it. Harry knew that. If I stole millions, believe me, I ain't putting it in no boat. So if you didn't get, if you didn't put the money in a boat, what'd you do? Just like we said, it weren't. There's things in here that these people don't even know. But Harry knows. There was other people down there when this score went down. All right. And almost everything except what we took to Vegas came back to Ohio in suitcases. There's no question about it, no one. And the guys that carried it back from Ohio, the mob got to him and turned him around, and he's the one that told them where the stocks and bonds were buried at James's house. That's Jimmy Yerke. There's no question about it. This scene here is where they're showing fingerprints in the dishwasher in our apartment. Never happened. My brother and I personally washed them dishes, and that's the truth, personally. We're not stupid. We would never leave something like that there. In my book, and in trial testimony, Roger Goldsbury, FBI agent Roger Goldsbury, is the one that say he found those dishes. He personally, he says, took them down to the FBI office and process them for fingerprints. In the first place, FBI agents don't operate like that. Any evidence is sent directly to the FBI laboratory to be examined. After it's examined, like I said in my book, it gets a K number, which means known. Before it's examined is a Q number, it says, questionable evidence. And then when the K comes in there, it means it's been examined. In fact, there's an FBI report, which I, which I state in my book, showing K-numbered items were sent to the FBI for the first time, meaning everything was in the FBI laboratory, examined, sent back to Los Angeles, then Los Angeles FBI office, 
trying to cover up from the true date they searched the car, which was in May, not June. which is strictly a thing that is put in there to make the FBI look like such nice investigators when they're truly and really not. When Harry Barber and Ronnie Barber went on the lam, they went to Rochester, New York and stayed at my friend's place who had apartment houses and stuff. That's where Harry and Ronnie stayed. So real quick, the FBI agents Paul Chamberlain and his buddy, his partner, or whatever. Yeah. These two white guys. They replace him in the movie with a black guy and a, and a woman yeah. in the movie. You think that's just Hollywood political correctness? Yeah, it's true. It's, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, they should have known white from black, though. Yeah, but they, they got, they had to, there was no black people in the movie, <laughs> so they had to put one in the movie. They had, just, yeah. You know, standards. They got they, <laughs> diversity standards. They got to they put some in the movie. They figured out, oh, we'll make it the FBI agent. Yeah. Did you ever... Yeah. Go ahead. Changing Paul Chamberlain to black, he's probably smarter than Paul Chamberlain. Yeah, absolutely. Because how do you burglarize a garage and then send, then send me the evidence, page 144, that you burglarized my garage? Yeah. FBI's stupid someplace. <laughs> why is this scene in there? Why are they, why are they trying to portray here? What, what are you, you trying to portray there? What do you think? Uh, what, do you, what do you think they're trying to do? Trying to just... No, Trying to paint you as a criminal mastermind, you've got a... Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. I don't, you tell me. I'm making a bomb, huh? Is that what it shows me? He's making a time bomb? <laughs> I think it's supposed to show... I don't know. I'd have to... That's a bomb timer. A timer. Yeah. For what? <laughs> it's supposed to be a metaphor, I guess. I don't know what it's for. <laughs> Enzo, straighten up. <laughs> How did, how did they really arrest you? These dumb ass FBI agents, they know how I was arrested. It's in my book and it's a matter of record. When I left my house on June 27, I looked in my rear view mirror, which is in my book, and I saw cars come out of my neighbor's driveway where the FBI was living in my neighbor's house, directly across the street from me. Lights flashing. Other cars pulled out from other streets. They had me boxed. They all jump out with guns. Hey, Moldenzio, you're under arrest. I put my hands up like this here. That's all. One agent searched me, reached in my pocket. I had $587 in my pocket. I didn't know what I had in my pocket, but that's what they said I had. And he pulls it out, and I told him, wait a minute. You're not going to plant no evidence on me like that. Give me my money back, put it in my pocket. And he said, a blonde-haired guy, red-haired guy, red-haired agent says, Denzel, don't trust us. I said, hell no, I don't trust you. I know what you guys do. <laughs> you plan evidence. But anyhow, that's how that went down. So why do you think they did, why do you, why do you think they made the movie version where you're making a time bomb and then all of a sudden, is that to, like a metaphor? What, what do you, why do you think they put that scene in the movie? About that... And then they arrest you. Timer, they're sticking down in a, in a thing when they arrest me, when they come in and arrest me with their guns. I don't know why they put that version in there because it looked like I was making a bomb. I was putting a timer in something to make a bomb. Maybe 
for the Youngstown mob to blow somebody up? That's all bullshit. Why would they put a scene like to make Amo bad? And the Lordstown Bank. Now we'll jump ahead a little bit here. The Lordstown Bank, where Brockle says, I'm standing on top of the bank with a shotgun, and I said, I'll kill anybody that comes in here. That's stupidity to even say something like that. I'm in the bank. I'm taking the money. I ain't on a roof. <laughs> but that's what they do. All I can say, that was a good-looking blonde. I would have went for that myself. This kid here acted good, though. He was a good actor. No question about it. And so was she, as far as that part goes. Yeah, what'd you think of the what'd you think of the actors overall? What was there any was there any actor you thought was okay? It was just ridiculous. Well, the actors is probably okay. Enzo though, no, that's not Enzo. That ain't that isn't my brother. No way. They knew better. Yeah. They knew better. I mean, I ain't bragging or nothing like that, but we just didn't act like that. Never. Believe me, that Indian there was the largest in U.S. history bank burglary. That's not true. There was larger ones. And the FBI know it. But Harry's a pretty good-looking guy. He's kind of old now. But on these larger ones, I can't comment, and everybody knows why. There's no question. And like 18 inches of concrete, that's nothing. All Everybody watching this knows concrete's brittle. You give a little hit, it falls apart. Okay, Emil, movie's over. All right. What? Give me your initial thoughts. You can set the headphones down. Just look at the camera here. Give me your initial thoughts of the movie. What, what did you think of Finding Steve McQueen? Well, I hate to cut my nephew down, but he, he the way I understand it, the producers made this movie, so they put Harry in it. Harry, Harry is really a good guy. He, he, he is a, a kind-hearted guy, too, through my whole life. I knew Harry when he was born. They lived on a farm in Lyons, Ohio. So I knew Harry, Kenny, his brothers and everything. Harry's a good man, but they screwed the movie up, putting too much of that Hollywood shit in it. That Hollywood bullshit, that's what wrecks movies. This movie, Finding Steve McQueen, if I was to grade it, A, B, C, D, and F, with F being good. No, F is fail. F, F is failed. I got to give it a six. Worse than failed. Strictly nothing. Worse than failed? Worse than failed. Because nothing's true in there. No, the recommendation I give for it, don't go. Don't spend your money on it. It's like, like betting the lottery. The guy that just won the billions and all that. You're throwing your money away if you want to see a movie like this. No question. <laughs> okay. If you want the real story of the Laguna Bank heist, just buy my book. Everything in there is true, and they cannot refute it no way possible. FBI files on my book, they destroyed all the FBI files because they know my book is true, the FBI files is true on what happened at my garage, at page 144 of my book, is what they stole. And what's the name of your book? The name of my book's Inside the Vault by Emil Denzel. And just read page 144. Shows the burglary of my garage by FBI agents. And I would bet my life 
and I love my life. Paul Chamberlain was one of them that was in that garage saying, ah, ah, look over here, look over here. You think his fingerprints on this? You think his fingerprints on this? You think his fingerprints on that? Because they're in my garage looking for, not fingerprints, but a latent fingerprint. Big difference in latent fingerprints and just a fingerprint. The document says so right in there. In layman's terms, what's a latent print? A latent fingerprint is your real fingerprint on something. And they can tell by amino acids and everything that it is real. Where a fingerprint on something else in there that you left in there years ago or something, there'd be no amino acids on it. Just like it says right, page 144, you can't miss it. The batteries that I have circled in my book are the batteries out of children's play toys. And that's where they found my fingerprint. That's where they planted in a car in California. And they used it for search warrant affidavits to convict all of us. Okay, I'm sitting here with Johnny Chukatelli, and we're going to wind this up. For right now, if you really want to know the whole story, just buy my book, Amo Denzel, Inside the Vault. What's up, Mob Associates? James Naples here. I just wanted to remind you, February 9th, 2024, at the Robbins Theater, a master class with a master burglar, Emil Denzio, Inside the Vault. Get your tickets now at the Robbins Theater box office or at robbinstheater.com. See you there. That was an amazing podcast from an amazing podcast company. To watch with video, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash amazingpodcastcompany. For more, visit our website at www.amazingpodco.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a review. It goes a long way in helping other people find our amazing content.